You're listening to the Wheel of Time TV podcast with Jay Florence. Welcome, sisters, dark friends, wolf brothers. You're listening to Randland Episode 5, and today's discussion will focus on costume design. We'll also react to Amazon's casting announcement for the uncrowned king of Malkir and explore series predictions for TV episode four titled The Dragon Reborn. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. First, I just wanted to talk about fantasy in general. Um, this, was, this past weekend was Labor Day weekend and two fantasy shows launched. One is Amazon's Carnival Row, starring Orlando Bloom and Cara Delevingne, and the other was The Dark Crystal by Netflix. Do you guys catch either of them? I have not caught Carnival Row, but I am really wanting to. I did, and I watched the first episode of The Dark Crystal. Yeah, I watched the yeah. first episode of The Dark Crystal. I didn't see Carnival And I made Row. Andrew watch the first half of the first episode of Dark Crystal before she, we got she started. She tied me down and she made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been going nuts about The Dark Crystal. Why? It's so fucking good. It's like filling the big hole in my nerd heart since like Game of Thrones ended. Wow! It's so good. Uh, it has everything. It has like gay gelfling dads. It has like I haven't gotten that far. You find out, yeah. Deep okay. Stat. Obviously, there's no sex, and that's well and good and for the best. But I do wonder where gelflings come from because not just because she has gay dads, but because, like, it's a matriarchal society and you always see queens, but you never see, like, a king or a husband or anything like that, and you don't see any pregnant gelfling. So I just kind of wonder if they, like, lay eggs or, like, what do you call mammals or that can procreate solo? Gelfling omelets, I'd have it. That would <laughs> be, like, a seahorse. Oh, no, seahorse switches. This is fantasy, so like maybe. That's how uh, the things got loose in Jurassic Park, right? There's a. That was Newman's. Oh right, that's yeah, they like, yeah, they like. There's a reptile they that can... with a particular animal. Yeah. Like, what was it? Like the, a frog. A frog. The raptor with the yeah. frog. Certain, I think, reptiles, amphibians, and other species right, right, right. can actually like self-impregnate. Yeah. And. Yeah. Oh my God, it's that's true. right. Because they were supposed to be sterile, and then yeah. they weren't. Right. I, exactly. Oh, shit. I forgot all about that part. Yeah. Let's talk about Jurassic Amazon's Park. new series, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Actually, like, how long do you guys, do you guys want to place bets on how long it is before Jurassic Park is a TV show? I would. do that shit. I would. Yeah. Is Jeff Goldberg going to be on uh, that? Jeff Goldberg? <laughs> Jeff Goldberg? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Wrong, wrong Jeff. <laughs> that sounds. That's like the Jeff. What, what's like a shitty network that sounds like they're like they're Virgin Jurassic Park, starring Jeff Goldberg. <laughs> like they're B stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ABC is Jurassic. No, Park. I think it'd be CBS. I think they're the trash no, network. No, no. Whoa. Star, Star Trek's on CBS oh, now. Sorry. So they redeem themselves. Sorry. Back to the Dark Crystal. <laughs> Back to the Dark Crystal. No. Okay. By everything, like they have really good villains. The Skeksis are awesome and disgusting, and all, just really, it gets really dark. It gets like Nazi Germany dark. And then it's juxtaposed with, like, this really sort of innocent, silly sense of humor, like, in moments. I don't know. And then they're very, like, serious about the heroes. So it's a, it's a mix of different tones. Do you have I a really favorite like character? D. 
she's a gratin. She's like she lives underground, so she has kind of green skin and uh and like white hair. And she's played by Natalie Emmanuel, who plays Miss Sende in Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. And Cersei's in it. Lena Headey plays a queen, obviously, which is great. Taryn Egerton from Rocket Man. Rocket Man. And from the Kingsman. He's hot. He's a voice in that? Yeah, he's yeah, the main guy the who's Rianne. There's also, just to bring it back Shut to our podcast, there's like this whole Brea and this other Gelfling so I think the beginning of a romance that was very like Lan and Nanave esque to me, which I was really into. Anyway, if you guys haven't seen it, check out The Dark Crystal. I loved it. I used to know a guy who was afraid of puppets. <laughs> so I would what? try and find different things to show him that had puppets in it that he didn't that, like so he didn't know it was coming. So I'd be like, Hey, you like, show him the Dark Crystal? Like, yeah. Excuse yeah. me. Like, hey, you wanna watch this movie, man? It's really cool. Did you then, show him like Mr. Rogers, like, neighborhood? When That's probably being where he got the fear. The, right? <laughs> the root of the fear. Being John Malkovich would be really scary. Or be, I feel like this Amal- would be good for Lisa? torturing him. Is that Anomalisa? Yeah. I don't know Anomalisa. Oh, yeah. 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 Those pu- yeah. yeah, that's puppets. Yeah, that's puppets. Wins most impressive movie with puppets. Cool. Yeah, I like, I mean, the thing that I really enjoy about The Dark Crystal, the one episode that I watched, aside from the developing plot and the characters, mm-hmm. were... I think it's a great blend of practical and computer graphics. Yeah, like, it's beautiful. Yeah, the yeah the practical effects and the computer graphics together, like they do a great job of mm-hmm. like blending those things to yeah. create like a particular aesthetic that really works and feels like it feels like the original, but like mm-hmm. in an updated way, and that feels good. What's cool is that the original, you know, is after the war and. So the world is, like, pretty doomed already. So they only had, like, more to build on. You know, it's not, like, the same world we know, like, rebooted. It's, like, we didn't really get to see the side of the world at all. So, yeah, and all the visual effects between the practical and the digital is, is really cool way to bring it to life. Yeah, it's nice. Anyway, in contrast to that is Carnival Row... Uh, you guys didn't see any of it, I didn't right? watch any of it. I was going to watch some of it last night. We kind of talked trash about the trailer last week when you weren't here, Lauren. No, I didn't even... But oh, no, anyway... I have seen the trailer. The one with the train? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's about a train. train? <laughs> <laughs> Memorable, right? Um, well, we talked about it because Nicholas Dudman, who is doing the special effects, also worked on Carnival Row. And it looks it looks also gorgeous. It is more... It feels kind of like the Harry, not, I don't want to say the Harry Potter movies. It feels like. That would be like, I mean, that's, it, it made me think it, of Harry Potter because of the train. It feels kind of Diagon Alley part oh, of that's Harry more Potter. more accurate. Um, and it also just feels like kind of. Do you watch the whole, you watch I watched the, the yeah. whole thing. And I mostly had to fast forward to, through the like Orlando Bloom and Cara Delevingne scenes. Because it was so boring. And, like, that's the main plot line. And they are they have, like, no chemistry. But then they have, like, three-minute long sex scenes, which I texted all of you. I watched that yeah, part. That's, yeah. That's the only well, part I watched, which was kind of like... I was, wait, I didn't get that text. Because you don't respond to texts. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I don't. You're right. I probably did get it, and I didn't open it. Well, you missed a very... You missed sex. a very pixelated, bad well, sex scene. I read it. <laughs> 
had an interview with uh, Orlando Bloom where he was asked if he felt like the sex scenes were gratuitous, and he was like, the sex in the show, you know, drives the story forward, and it's important to the characters. And I was like, yeah, that's true for, like, the first 30 seconds of a sex scene, but if I, that clip was, like, two and a half minutes. A like, sex scene uh, is only important in a show beyond, like, a 10, sec- 10 seconds to show that it's happening, yeah. so then you know that. If there's a power struggle happening, if there's right. some sort of like power situation going on, that's the only reason you would go beyond that. Otherwise, we don't even know, need to know anymore. No, just different positions. Yeah, exactly. I just, feel like I think that's not meant, plot. That's I just think like, they meant to reiterate like they're so passionate that they're in love sure. immediately. Orlando Bloom gives me the impression that he's illiterate. Illiterate? Like his character? No, just him as a person. Like, oh my God. He just seems like he never learned to read. Oh my God. <laughs> That's really mean. Anyway, Carnival Row, visually it's interesting. The supporting characters I find the most compelling and I find myself watching just to see what happens with their plot lines. Um, but it's it's kind of it just like, like a waste of time. Yeah, it's just like a lot of uh, style and not that much substance. It's like... People talk about the merits of the like political landscape that they're building because it's all about you know the immigration and otherism and like how they're mm-hmm. what they're doing to these people, but it's just a lot of small plot lines, so it's not there's not kind of like a bigger journey to go on. Mm. You're meant to follow the journey through like Orlando Bloom and Kara as our heroes, but they just there's something like awkward. Like I just feel like they don't have chemistry, so I can't get into it. I kind of feel like as part of the rise of binge culture, a lot of shows, I don't know because I didn't watch it, but I feel like a lot of shows just like, they just meander and then they try to get you to watch again by having like a cliffhanger or something at the end. Mm -hmm. But like stuff doesn't happen. Like you'll have a whole season where it's just Mm -hmm. sort of like long. Filler episodes. Yeah, just long drawn out parts where nothing really interesting is happening. Like the main plot just doesn't develop and it's It's like, It's funny that you say that without watching it because at the end there is actually like... I, I wouldn't call it a cliffhanger. I feel like it could have been, okay, this is a one-season show. That was the end. Things right. got worse. <laughs> like So, like, did you feel watching it that this whole season was just, like, world-building so that the next season, assuming there is one, which I think it was renewed already, right? Yeah, it was already renewed. Right. So do you think the next season is when they're like, okay, we've everyone knows what's going on now. We can actually start a story. Like, we've planted all these seeds. We can actually start developing I don't know. It didn't feel one. like it was building. It mm. just felt like... Here's the people. This is what they do during the day. Interesting. Well, or not. Yeah. Here's the church. Here's it was like people. watching, if, if anyone watches Westworld, it's like watching what happens in one of the worlds without any additional plot. It's just like going this little, a little trip down fantasy lane. Mm. And mm. like here's like some glimpses into people's lives. Surprise, the government's racist and hates immigrants and they're going to make their lives worse because mm. they're... Greedy and, you know. I hope Matt recorded us talking about which uh, Skeksis we wanted to be earlier. Skeksis Spice. Spice. Skeksy Spice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be the little thing that's just like scared of everything. The podling. Yeah, You'd be a podling. Be a podling. <laughs> They're so cute. There's a, there's a podling that wants to be a paladin. Up. Is that your name? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, he's so adorable, it hurts. It's like the cutest a thing A paladin? Ever. Yeah. Is that like a palindrome? <laughs> oh no. No. no? No. Fuck. 
All right, queuing up our next segment, we're going to talk about costume design. I want to tell you guys all about Isis Musenden, who will be designing all the wardrobe for the series. But first, we should take a look at fashions in the Wheel of Time in general. It's something Robert Jordan emphasizes a lot in his descriptions, and we can't wait to see some of the most iconic looks brought to life on the small screen. I was thinking about Tom Marilyn's cloak. Yeah. Okay. Because it's a major player at cons. I've seen a lot of people yeah. create it. And the way it's described in the in the book is it's this collection of patches, but they're not they're so not down. They're not completely Yeah, so yeah. Fl- they kind of flutter, yeah. And I feel like I, I hope it doesn't look costumey the way it does, you know, when people are cosplaying it. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I... Yeah, I mean... I, it needs to look grittier and, like, worn. And I, I could see them having more like tails of fabric coming off. I don't know if like I see it. Like frayed fabric, yeah. Yeah, versus yeah. like just um, loose layers. Like yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Ruffles. I think um, now that I'm put to the question, the two costume pieces. <laughs> I'm a questioner. <laughs> the two costume pieces. <laughs> dark think friend, about dark most, friend. <laughs> that I think about the most would be um, Tom's cloak, but also Lan's cloak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think about both of those two items. Probably mm. the most when it comes the to color costuming. shifting cloak on yeah. the border. Yeah. yeah, I think about How that. How are they going to handle that? Yeah, I know because that, that could end up looking not good. I think most of the time it's just going to look like a cloak, and then when he moves, it'll yeah, have probably. to like. They'll probably look. Like. I just it could look stupid. <laughs> How will they do it? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think they could do it in a number of different ways. That makes me think of one thing I loved about uh, Game of Thrones costume design was they came up with a lot of their own. Materials are they manipulated fabric in a way that gave it a lot of different texture, mm-hmm. especially with um, Daenerys's. I know you guys didn't watch it, but Daenerys, because she's like the dragon, they do a lot that like emulates different types of of scales, scales or yeah. ribbing, and they did. And then when it, they go to war, there's also a lot of different cool mm-hmm. kind of like leathery, but yeah. um, you know, like studding leather, different yeah. things you can do to it. So I'm curious. Maybe they'll have like a, a unique textile for the warder cloaks. Yeah, yeah. I wonder about that. I mean, if the thing about it is, it's obviously described a certain way in the books, but mm-hmm. I'm okay with them like finding a way to make it work yeah. that may deviate a bit from the way it's described in the books. Like, is, you know what I mean? Like, right. if they need to change it to make it look good and not look mm-hmm. stupid, fine. Like, I'm fine with that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people will be open to whatever the water cloak looks like, but yeah. I, I feel like people are going to have a lot of opinions about Tom's uh, gleaming, gleaming cloak. Probably. I think it's the same as like casting characters. Like, yeah. His cloak is his own character that people have very specific ideas about. Yeah. Other than Tom, I'd say Moraine to me has the mm-hmm. most iconic outfit with like the jewel. At least when she first meets them, mm-hmm. yeah, the jewel mm-hmm. that rests on her forehead and the, the fancy royal dress and mm-hmm. everything. So I hope they do that well. Yeah, one thing I was thinking is that, you know, Robert Jordan, he got, like, the names and some of the base fashions from medieval times, and I hope that whatever they do with the costumes isn't just straight up, like, historical-looking or, like, Ren fair looking Right. That's yeah. I, I, yeah. I really hope that, too. I hope it's just not Ren I want it to be elevated, and I want to feel like it is a different world and not medieval Europe. And also, because medieval Europe fashions are a bit oppressive i mean they definitely i think in andor have like higher necklines mm-hmm. and things like that but it could still be cool you know like cersei in game of thrones wore like 
high stuff, but she always, like, her silhouette was, like, strong. and. Yeah, I want to see the Shannarans, too, because I think that yeah. that'll be interesting to see what they do with them. You can read uh, yes. Ingtar's description. when This is when they first see him when they're entering Faldara. A man in plated mail and leather bowed formally. He wore a bright yellow cloak edged in red over his armor with the black hawk on the breast and a yellow surcoat bearing a gray owl. He wore no helmet and was bareheaded, truly, for his hair had all been shaved except for a top knot tied with a leather cord. There's a lot of different uh, hairstyles in The Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. and I'm curious for the Shinarans. I assume they'll do like a... I don't know. I feel like guys would have to shave the front of their heads to do it. I don't know, is there a way with a... Bald cap? Yeah, Isn't it top, it'd be I, hard. I imagine a top knot coming from the hairline back, and then it's just a ponytail and everything else is shaved. I always pictured the top knot like they shaved the front of the head up into, and then the top knot was like more in the center. That's uh, yeah. what I imagine. Yeah, I imagine that. I imagine like a reverse like fryer tuck hairstyle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, sure. I, yeah, I, re- I imagine the reverse yeah. of that. And then Algamar, they said his head was shaved except for a top knot and that pure white. So that sounds like his whole head shaved, and there's just a little, little white ball on top. White bun or a little white loop. Yeah, so some people are getting their head shaved. Cool. That's for sure. I did, uh, in my notes, I mentioned the traveling people, because I'm curious to see mm-hmm. how they do their clothing. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Those yeah, will be cool costumes. Yeah. The traveling people were going about work that was disappointingly every day. Cooking, sewing, tending children, mending harness. But their clothes were even more colorful than the wagons. And seemingly chosen at random. Sometimes coat and breeches, or dress and shawl, went together in a way that hurt his eyes. They looked like butterflies in a field of wildflowers. This is um, Perrin's point of view, by the way. And then they describe uh, rain... He wore a high-collared red coat and baggy, bright green trousers tucked into knee boots. So basically, he's wearing, like, Christmas colors. Yeah. Hmm. Which is pretty harsh. I think, like, I'm assuming that our prediction is correct and the first season bleeds into the beginning of the first hundred or so pages of uh, The Great Hunt. I am curious about seeing multiple Aes Sedai. Like, not mm-hmm. just Lorraine, but I'm curious about seeing, yeah. like, a few of them together, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I think... I said I, in general, probably dress in, like, pretty nice clothes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. like, they all have their different way of, like... Flair. Of flair, yeah, exactly. So I'm curious to see what that looks like um, yeah. against one another, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to look hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it is interesting and probably a design challenge for the first season or second season, depending when the Great Hunt comes into play. Right. Um, or if we see more of the White Tower and Aes Sedai in general in the first season, right, like right, aside right. from the main storyline, the costume designer is going to have to really understand those cultures yeah. early on and how it would play into the psychology of how these totally. women get dressed every day. I think that, but also I think it'll be a, definitely a challenge, but also could be really exciting for, mm-hmm. for a costume designer. Like, okay, I have, yeah. this is yeah. A, like I have to work within these constructs. Yeah, find the nuances of yeah. the yeah. rules. I feel like this whole show should be, like, a dream project for a costume designer. Yeah, it because is. No, it is. I, like, reading the books, Jor- there's so much for them to draw so from. So much. And I almost feel like Jordan cares about clothes 
more like sartorial style more than he even <laughs> cares about describing what the characters look like sometimes absolutely so he's clearly really cared about it a lot mm-hmm. given his character descriptions that's true so that be- being said he does care a lot but sometimes he'll describe a look and i'm like eh, maybe it's not so i hope the fashion designers <laughs> like take it and then they're like maybe this color scheme not so hot like maybe blue and yellow no i mean, or, I mean sure are you talking about the tinkers? That's like their whole no, thing. No, not that. Just with ladies' dresses, sometimes yeah. the color combos. And I'm like, how's that different than tinkers? I guess the tone and saturation I imagine the tone, of yeah. it. But also like the the amount of the color mm-hmm. that's, you know, if you have yeah. blue with yellow accents, okay. Mm-hmm. But if you have like li- large swaths of like blue. What if it's like yeah. canary yellow and... All right, yes, there's different <laughs> yellows. All right, guys. Yeah, I understand color theory. I think one is uh, a marketing thing. Amazon, if you start selling merch, I think they should sell the uh, Aja shawls. Aja shawls. Why can I say that word? Say it. Shawls. Kristen shawl is a horse. (laughs) Kristen shawl is a horse. (laughs) Look at her dance. Look at her go. Look at her dance. Like a horse. Oh! Um, It just happened. I found this really great blog, uh, the 13th Depository Blogspot. It's Costumes in the Wheel of Time. And someone literally broke down everything across the series with, like, extensive references. It's amazing, but I found some fun stuff. On the shawls, if I just think Kristen shawl, the only mandatory part for the Aes Sedai is the white flame of Tarvalon and then the fringed the Aja color. Yeah. But then the fabric itself or its material can be what, whatever. Yeah. And so that is something that's also, like, very specific to each to one. To character, so yeah, absolutely. The shawls, I want to see them. <laughs> you have a wool one because you're a shepherd. I, I love see wool. What, I want to see what Moraine's is like. She I says like Moraine has a silk shawl. Really? Yeah. I would think cashmere. What? What? I don't know. It sounds warm. <laughs> you're so into wool. <laughs> I know. I really am, actually. <laughs> really um, love it. No, at the beginning of The Great Hunt, she says it was only by chance that she packed hers and yeah. had it with her. Silk's when really warm, too, though. Silk is quite warm. Silk's really yeah. warm. Yeah, yeah it shows all it. your sweat marks. What? Not you, specifically. What are sweat marks? Yeah, actually, I said I don't really. Yeah, she doesn't perspire. Exactly. Is that even healthy? Like a pig. Hmm? Is that healthy? Pigs don't sweat. <laughs> I mean, if it's not, they can just have their friend heal it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> heal me. Yeah. Okay. So aside from shawls, stoles mark the two most highly ranked Aes Sedai. The keeper and the color of her stole denotes her former Aja. And the Amerlin, who wears the stripes of the colors of all Ajas. Because she's of all Ajas and none. Mm-hmm, supposedly. And that's going to be something I'm also excited to see. Someone did post on Twitter, and I've heard this before, but they were like, the striped stole is basically like a pride flag. Yeah. What is a stole? <laughs> it's like a shawl, but it's just a, re- a long Is that rectangle. like what pastors wear? Like when you, of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a long like. Yeah, that's strip. what I'm picturing is yeah. like what pastors wear. Yeah, 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 it's like a long strip of cloth, basically. What does a stole do? I think it's it, denotes, it can't be warm. I think it denotes. It's like, like a shawl. Like it, it, it's, it's like a status symbol, like a letterman's jacket. I don't think it does anything other than denote status. Does it have fringes? It no, could. It, could. it could, but it Well, doesn't. then how's it different than a shawl? It's just like a strip of cloth you just it's wear. It's like a long scarf. It's like ceremonial. Yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's just a status yeah. thing. I get it. Okay. Uh, it's useless, is what you're telling me. I also, 
Anyway, okay. I'm okay. curious about seeing the uh, the keeper's staff as well, actually. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Leanne? I do think about that. Yeah. Leanne, yeah. Yeah. I She's thought, hot. Oh, you, I say lean. Lean, yeah. Lean cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> That's her last name. We never find that out. <laughs> the lean cuisine stuff. Lean cuisine. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. The keeper's last name is cuisine. <laughs> So, do you guys want to know more about the costume designer? Yes, I do, actually. Okay. Her name is Isis Musenden. She went to Parsons. That's where I went to school. She started in the fashion industry in 83, and she's worked as a designer independently since 1987. Most recently, she worked on The Basis of Sex. Did you guys see the Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie? It was Not good. Yet. So good sign because that's a, a period piece. I did read she did like a lot of research on it. And she also researched RBG's life, like and tried to find pictures of her throughout the decades mm. and kind of like get into her head mm-hmm. of how she would dress herself as a a woman going through all these different stages, mm-hmm. like um from Harvard Law to like being on the Supreme Court. She did Velvet Buzzsaw with Andrew's boyfriend, uh Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Oh. How long have you guys been dating? Yeah. That's my joke that I say to everyone. It makes everyone mad. <laughs> that Jake Gyllenhaal's my boyfriend? No, I say your boyfriend or your girlfriend. And oh. Matt's like, it's not my girlfriend. Colin's like, it's not my girlfriend, Jamie. It's Natalie Dormer. Anyway, no, Jake Gyllenhaal. Natalie, if you're out there, you can be my girlfriend. It's fine. Yeah, That's right. Don't listen to Jamie. <laughs> All right. She worked on Velvet Buzzsaw. She did Masters of Sex. Not all of it, but she did 11 episodes. That was a very good show i'm confused about what these different these. masters on on the basis of sex <laughs> on the basis of sex and masters of sex very okay. very different okay. masters of where sex. can you watch masters of sex i don't know i Pornhub. watched all of it Pornhub. no <laughs> i'd consider masters michael masters uh Backspender. No. nope god damn i'm just not yeah on. michael sheen from good omens is the star Anyway, The Wolverine, you guys have seen that no, one. I've definitely seen that one. American Psycho, Drag Me to Hell. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Nice. I like both of those. Um, yeah, Dante's Peak from back in the day. Hmm. And I saved kind of the Dante's important Peak. one for last. She worked on all of the Chronicles of Narnia movies. Oh. Nice. Which, yeah, I really... I really love those. Did those have yeah, good costumes? Yeah, but the costume's good. So... Oh. So, I don't like those. Yeah, I did not. I, right. Colin That's knows that I'm not a Narnia fan. Really? It doesn't have to be a Narnia fan, but was the costuming good? That's so I looked at the costumes. You, the White Witch was really good. The White oh. Witch was good, and that was kind yeah. of the... Wasn't that Tilda Swinton? Yeah. yeah. So I have a thing for the White Witch. She, she did these like very showpiece dresses for the oh, White those Witch. Are good. Those are good, yeah. Really loved her. So for the first movie, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the White Witch's... Like crazy gown was really the yeah. star in her hair. The dread was. She has these, this icicle crown, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, and then in the the second movie, Prince Caspian, I guess, is when Narnia is at war. Mm-hmm. And so she said the ask was to make it like darker and grittier. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things I found out is that she had to design all the armor for the army. Mm-hmm. She said, uh. I've never done an army before, and let me tell you, it's a task. We manufactured every single thing they wear, from their shoes to the armor. We had four armorists in Prague, which is where Wheel of Time headquarters is right now, working the leatherwork. Thousands and thousands 
Actually, almost up to a million studs were put into the brigands, but it was a real task. We built a 330-strong army, and that doesn't even sound like that much, but I have to tell you, that is a lot of pieces. It was over 3,000 pieces. Yeah, Where absolutely. do these pieces all go? Um, there's so it's much a, to it's a beaver. There's a lot. Where do they go? There's talking beavers. What happens once they're done shooting? Oh, oh what happens. after? Oh, in this case, they uh, there was a like museum show, and the, or Disney did I think because they own Narnia, they put them on display like the costumes for the army. I don't know, some of them went on display. The three thousand, maybe they recycle them, give them to another place. Paintball club, Larpers, uh, Larpers. Larpers. <laughs> yeah, she was like, you can't possibly understand how much work goes into it. Someone definitely asked her, can't. like, when you see it, do you think people appreciate it? And she was like, definitely not. <laughs> she yeah. said, people come to my work, and I have a 10,000-square-foot workspace where we have dyers, agers, screen printers. Every pair of pants was screened. And for the, the leads, you had to make, like, seven duplicates of each outfit. Right. But it was cool. She was talking about all the different techniques that you used to, like, age the armor and age the garments. Oh, so, cool. I think she did a great job for the ask. Like, Darnia is not my type of film. And so everything looks a little brighter and cleaner because it mm. is a younger audience. But I feel like she has the <clears throat> competence and like not that many people have had the chance to build armor for a huge franchise. Right. So that's pretty cool, I think. Yeah, that's good. I, think I was that thinking she's it, done that. because we were talking about just the first and a bit of the second books. But mm -hmm. I was thinking like I am curious to see like when we get into later seasons, like all of these different art, like countries with different or nations with different armors and different like everything yeah. come together and see what that looks like. That's, that's true. a lot of that's a lot of work. I feel like besides you know besides clothes, one of this I don't know because I'm not that far in, but one of the things that Jordan seems to really care about is these sort of cultural differences. Like it just seems to be something he's into. Mm -hmm. So I hope that's reflected really well in their clothes on the show and yeah. in their costumes. Yeah, they should feel like they come from very different yeah. nations. Mm -hmm. Another aspect I was thinking about is her collaboration with whoever's making the creatures, which I'm sure Dudman will have a role in. But because they have like Mr. Tumnus, who's a fawn in Narnia, that's what it's called, scarf. right? Yeah. He had a red scarf, and she said, you know, in the movie, in the first movie, we decided the animals don't really, they don't wear clothes really. But in the second one, they are forming into an army, so they need armor. And so they came up with the idea that the little pieces of clothing that they did have would have to transform from whatever they could find. So they started building like the animal type armor from like that place, mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. I mean, she's like putting a lot of thought into everything they're doing and mm -hmm. then designing it because I think the Trollocs might be kind of similar. Like, where are they getting their armor from? Like what kind of Trolloc chastity belt are we going to get? <laughs> They're forged in the fires of Shilgul. Like. <laughs> yeah. Jamie's got a real thing for Mr. I don't know. Thomas, by the way. <laughs> I never think of Shilgul as like Mordor where they just like, they have a smithy. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of do. Yeah. Me yeah, too. I do think of it that way. Do you think we'll see more of that? Because I feel like we don't read I don't that think, much I don't about think, it. I don't think we will in the earlier seasons. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about Mr. Thomas. Yeah. What do you want to say? James McAvoy is my boyfriend. Whoop, whoop, whoop. What's, he so t what's his Thomas about? Well, you know, it's what? funny. They're, they're called fawns, right? When yeah, you lower, fawns, so they yeah. have like a type of fawn in Carnival Row, and they have these big ram horns. They're called pucks, or that's it's the slur name for them. But it's like a satyr, right? What's yeah. the difference between a, a fawn satyr. and a satyr? It's pretty much the satyrs same thing are hot. Satyr, yeah. I think that's the difference. There's satyr sex. Well, I feel like in Carnival Row, and that's probably like my satyrs favorite are, part. Satyrs are just like more sexually driven. Okay, it's than, definitely like, a, a satyr. Okay. In general. That sounds fair. Yeah. <laughs> 
So someone asked Isis, does she start by reading the book or reading the script first? And she said, I definitely start by reading the script or the book. Um, in the case of Prince Caspian, the book was quite uninspiring for me. Oh, so unfortunately, what? as opposed to the first one, which I used as a Bible, she relied more on the script. Well, it uh, probably means that it, there was like costume descriptions or anything. He was just like, yeah. he was just like, they fought. They fought, yeah. but then Jesus Christ came in. And yeah. So in this, Jesus lions. In this case, Weird. she will be using the book as her Bible, and she said she did it for the first one. So. Do you I mean, think the book might even limit the costume designer's creativity? Because he gets so specific that it's like, this is what it is. This is what Rain's code is. Some, she... some chapters we has like footnotes for the costume designer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whole other book. There's a whole other book. It's like, oh, we're two paragraphs in and we're still talking about the bodice of a dress. <laughs> cool. That's all I know about her right now. But I feel like I have confidence That's in her. That's a strong her. resume. Yeah. Yeah, I think like yeah. I really, I really enjoyed... The way the costumes evolved in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and I would like to see a little bit of that in this series. And so much I as see like a lot of that because it, yeah. it changes with character growth. Yeah, as the, their characters grew, like their costumes mm-hmm. became more mature. And mm-hmm. like the first one that comes to mind for me is Sansa's costumes. Mm-hmm. Like in the last, the seventh and eighth seasons, like they were fucking spot on. Yeah, they were really great. Yeah, um, which were vast improvements over like the first few seasons. They were great. Yeah, actually, I always think of Cersei. Because in the beginning, she's very, you know, like Lady Guinevere, Lady Greensleeves, and she wears, like, a really warm palette, a lot of, like, silks and more embroidery, and she has, like, long, flowing hair. It's very soft. And then by the end, she has short hair. She's in all black, and she has, like, a striking silhouette, like, almost armored. Yeah, totally. And that was really cool to see, like, I think maybe the biggest transformation and with Daenerys, you just got a lot of seasons of awesome dragon wear. Yeah. The cosplay out there available for Daenerys is incredible. You can, like, buy these off-the-rack looks. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> off-the-rack looks. <laughs> I can't wait. Straight I, off the screen. I hope it's, you know, the show's big so I can buy Moraine off-the-rack. That's true. I was thinking that the other day. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome because they're going to have, like, Wheel of Time merch that we can snatch up. Yes. We've been waiting our whole lives. What kind of Wheel okay. of Time t-shirts do you think that will be? Is that a separate discussion? So there's going to be merch. Look, look, like look at how angst, much angsty Rand t-shirts, <laughs> just like him what was like the what was like the Game of Thrones merch? By the end, Game of Thrones was like, we'll partner with anyone. With anyone, like, get yeah, your totally. McDonald's toy. Yeah, like, 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 like whatever. Fill this, like, lambskin condoms coming out. It's your fault, Game You guys get those too? Those are great. Yeah. You shouldn't have endorsed those lambskin condoms. Oh my god. All these unwanted children. Ah! Are your fault. <laughs> oh my god. So many John Snows. All right. I would definitely rock some Wheel of Time merch. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you don't have a real condom, is a lambskin condom like almost as good? <laughs> You concerned about something? <laughs> Just asking for a friend. Yeah, you you can use them because some people are yeah, allergic, people are allergic to, latex. to latex. And vinyl? Uh, you wear vinyl? <laughs> you wear vinyl? My condoms are made out of records. God, you guys. Why you make me say these things out loud? I'm trying to picture it so you have to like clean it out. What if it like sticks to no. your dick? No. <laughs> get it on. Oh vinyl. my God, Jamie. What about like just a sock? <laughs> like just in a pinch. It depends. Is it made of lamb? No. <laughs> lamb sock. <laughs> lamb sock. A gaffling condom. Oh, uh, lamb sock. <laughs> all right, all right. Two notes before we wrap up this segment. 
One, uh, Lauren and I are really excited to go to SpoilerCon, and we are working on a surprise group costume or partner costume, which I'm really excited for. I guess, I but never... I guessed wrong. <laughs> what did you get? What Jamie did you... said it was a group costume, and I was like, oh, you guys going as like the front Maybe and back half, the front and back <laughs> half of Bella. Oh, uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. we'd probably make more friends that way. Yeah, like, sure. Colin, Colin one-upped my idea, and I was like, oh, I already bought my idea. <laughs> but who would be the butt? Lauren's so tall if she's the front. You'd have to be the butt, Jamie. Or, or if I'm in front, the head's going to be like two feet lower oh than the God. butt. It's going to be, be a horse. It's part of the costume. It's going to be like a horse. And, like, Bella's and been through a lot of shit, okay? Bella's been through a lot of shit. Egwene's really been riding her. It's true. Maybe <laughs> there's a scoliosis host. We so. could be like a trollic then, maybe. An awkward trollic. Uh, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be there as the green man. I'll be wearing stilts. Yeah, let's do it. Just so you know. You guys totally made me miss my point, but I, before we moved away from transformations, I wanted to talk about Rand in the beginning of The Great Hunt because Maureen throws out all his clothes and has them burnt. Oh, yeah. And then he opens. He's got those three jackets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it. yeah. Those are badass. Yeah. yeah, those are cool jackets. Yeah. They are cool. cool. Pulling open the center door, he stared for a moment at what had replaced the few garments he had brought with him. A dozen high-collared coats of the finest wool and as well-cut as any he had ever seen on a merchant's back or a lord's. Most embroidered like feast day clothes. A dozen! Three shirts for every coat, both linen and silk, with wide sleeves and tight cuffs. Two cloaks, two, when he had made do with one at, uh, at a time all his life. One cloak was plain, stout wool and dark green. The other deep blue, with a stiff standing collar embroidered in gold with herons. And high on the left breast, where a lord would wear his sign. His hand drifted to the cloak of its own accord, as if uncertain what they would feel. His fingers brushed the stitching of a serpent curled almost into a circle, but a serpent with four legs and a lion's golden mane, scaled in crimson and gold, its feet each tipped with five golden claws. His hand jerked back as if burned. Light, help me. And then, like, a few seconds later, he's like, I'll pick out the stitching when I get a chance. I saw some women doing it once. It can't be that hard. (laughs) Right. It's like, yeah. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I, I feel like it's pretty important when he gets these new clothes. It kind of sets him, or it does set him on, like, this path. Yeah. And so the importance of clothes and how people perceive you is make such or break a major you. thing. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. And I think it's just sort of this uh, juncture for them. You know, they've seen a lot of the world. They've seen more of the world by the time they leave the Blight and, like, uh, are in Faldara than most people. Yeah. And they're still 16, 17, 18, 21. 25. Yeah. 25. But, yeah, like, and then uh, for the girls, Egwene and Nanave, they're given dresses by uh, Amelisa. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, like, the finest things they've ever owned. Yeah. And I don't know, they're also all becoming powerful and having experiences. So I feel like it they get like a major upgrade, a like wardrobe upgrade yeah, at the absolutely. beginning of the Great Hunt. They do, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like they leveled up, you know. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because not only especially for Rand, not only does it change the way people perceive him, but I mm-hmm. think he like starts to struggle with like what he's wearing and like who he is. Like it becomes kind of this this mirror for like the struggle he's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're getting to more Greyhound stuff, but um, it, yeah, it, bec- it becomes an interesting kind of almost, almost plot device. 
Before we wrap up our costume discussion, I did want to give a shout out to Sarah Hardy, Sarah Curley on Instagram. She shared some awesome references for costume design. Um, unfortunately, some of them are from other books and there's no spoilers on this podcast, but I will share them on our website, ranlandtv.com. So go check them out. And hopefully when the show starts, we can spoil things a bit more and talk about actual costume design. One aspect I can mention are the costumes in Andor, which Sarah mentioned she thinks of as being very set in 17th century and 18th century dress, especially um, maybe court dress. And I do think that that is something Isis is going to draw from. I did want to give a nod to Varen's Owl on Twitter, who fears that they may draw too much on historical references and forget that this is very much a world apart and we want to see something very different than when we look in a textbook. I love the land casting! Also, land casting sounds like a really cool activity, like yeah. zip lining or no, I've been land casting my whole life. And you... More like parasailing. <laughs> yeah, I want to go land What's casting. What's your favorite activity? Land, land casting. <laughs> land casting. Fly fishing, land casting. All right, Colin, tell us about land because I was in a uh, meeting at work and so I missed the Wheel of Time on Prime Twitter announcement and social announcement of the land casting. So I just got out of my meeting and I look at my phone and I have a dozen texts from Colin and all of them are like, O-M-G, this cast is so hot, fire emoji, fire emoji. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, I know. And you were like, no, did you see? And I was like, oh yeah, it's Wheel of Time Wednesday. So tell tell us. So yeah, so this week we got another bombshell dropped on us. And it is that Daniel Henney will be playing Lan in our favorite uh, TV show. Holy shit, he is so hot. He's very, very, very hot. It's true. Wow. It's very exciting. So yeah, this was great. This is great. Like we only have one, maybe two Wait, more pieces to the puzzle. Who, for here. what is your next puzzle piece wanted? I mean, Tom. 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 Oh, Tom. Tom. Right. And, Tom. Then, and then like on the show, we talked about Pain and Fain too, because that is a mm-hmm. pretty important piece. What about um, Elaine? No, I don't care about that. Shut the front door. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm gonna hate Elaine, so I hope they ah, cast Jamie. someone cool because no one really likes Elaine. Yeah, she's kind of. I feel like if I was anyone in the Wheel of Time series, I, would I mean, Elaine. in terms of okay, look, I would of... be Elaine. Two weeks ago, you said you would be Min. I want to be like <laughs> Min. I probably am Elaine. I That's true. I want to be Min. In terms of this f- first season of the show, you don't care about Elaine. I could give two shits about Elaine. Get bent, man. I know Elaine just really annoys me. Yeah. She's cool. I, I mean, I get it. Like, she's cool, but, like, she's also really cool. I like her, all right? She's a rule breaker. Also, she's a princess. Word. Right, which is why the she gets to be a rule breaker. Cool. Yeah, I know, but I'm into it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she's terribly privileged. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, that's what's Anyhow, about it. That's um, what's Daniel about Haney, it, everyone. Guys, the most important thing you need to know about Daniel Henney, he's from Michigan. Boom. I know there were the rumors about the Korean pop star guy. Siwon Choi. Yeah, which, mm-hmm. you know, I don't Cielo know. Green? He what? might be a good actor. He was just, <laughs> he was too young for me. He so was too I'm glad they smiley. Went, yeah. I'm glad they went with an older man. Uh, yeah, he's 39. Yeah. Can you tell me what else Daniel Henney has been in? Because I honestly can't he place him. Has, he was in X-Men Origins. Origins. X-Men Origins. Wolverine. X-Men Origins. Orangina. Yeah. 
Shut up. X-Men origin. This is really good, guys. I don't know. Yeah. Who do you think is the most fun in an X-Men orgy? <laughs> orgy. I'm going with Mystique. 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 Easily. Oh, yeah. yeah. Easily Mystique. That's Whoa. a good one. Definitely Mystique in X-Men orgies. I feel... All right, Jamie. Uh, that was a fun detour. In X-Men orgies? Go ahead. He, he was also in Criminal Minds. Oh, I love the Criminal TV Minds. series. Mm-hmm. He's been in a lot of that. He's been in that forever, pretty much. Yeah. This is Criminal his breakout. Minds? Yeah. I mean, I've been watching that season, that show for like 17 years. He's been on it since, it looks like he started in 2016. Oh, yeah, I'm not that caught up yet. <laughs> since There's a lot of episodes. <laughs> okay. He was in Hawaii Five O, the reboot TV series in 2012. And I haven't heard of the other movies, to be honest. He was in a movie called The Three Rivers, which, uh, or a TV series, so maybe he'll be good in The Two Rivers. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. Works to me. Yeah. I mean, he has a huge following on both Twitter and Instagram. He really does. Because he's hot or for, for I something mean, in I, particular? Probably because he is visible. He's been in these, mm-hmm. in these shows and, and mm-hmm. films. But also because he's hot, so it's probably he has a really cute dog too. But I, I appreciate that he is an actor who is known. People do know who he is, mm-hmm. and he seems to have some solid chops behind him. So. I bet. He, I bet what, like his jawline. He definitely has the jawline, but also um, his acting chops. I, think. Yeah. I thought they were going to go for a bigger star, personally, but uh, I don't know. I'm not really familiar with his acting. I'm really excited to see him and Rosamund Pike on screen together. Yeah, I think it'll be great. And well, and him and uh, Zoe Robbins. Yes. Okay. So I never really. I said this actually on Twitter. I never really shipped like Nineveh and Land. Just kind of like a thing that I like accepted as like. I didn't even yeah, realize like, that that was a thing because yeah. like, I always accepted it, and then I saw more comments as we've been getting involved in the fandom, and I'm like, oh, like it's people like put that up there as the where did that came out of left field? I don't know about that. Okay. I don't feel like it came out of left field at all. I think it's the the first it's the first romance we see in the series. Yeah, yeah but they just think like how the maybe the spark was buried. Like it just I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. Anyhow, I never really too. shipped the relationship. I just kind of accepted it. Like, okay, yeah, I see it. It's gonna happen, like fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now that they've shown the castings, I'm very much excited about seeing this play itself out on, on the screen. So wait, if you ship them, don't you have to like combine their names? Yeah, I said. This, this confuses me. Oh. I don't know how would you combine nylon. Nylon. <laughs> nylon. Did you just think of that? <laughs> yeah, that was really good. That was good. That's good. I don't understand the shipping thing. I don't either. I'm right there with you. Okay. It's all right. We don't have to. I ship like when you combine their names, like what yeah. were Titanic yeah, like, called? Yeah, like um, the Nina, the Pinta, the like Brangelina. Mm-hmm. Like oh, Brangelina like or like Benifer. Yeah, that exactly. was it. Yeah. Okay. That's like you've merged Not them. Nylon. They are no longer individuals. Yeah. Nylon. <laughs> Nylon, I think, is Wait, the best thing. Wait, what is Kim and Kanye's? Kim Ye? I don't know. Kim Ye, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it is, it is Kim Ye or something. Oh, it is, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, see, Andrew knows best. He knows all about these things. I'm an expert. So, anyway. So yeah, Nylon. Excited to Nylon. see it. Nylon. Yeah. Well, it got me thinking about something in that we all have different relationships to the characters, some that we think are annoying and some that we like, and it's different for everyone, although there are some common themes. But I wonder how that might change now that real people are portraying these characters. Like, you might just right. love an actor's performance so much yeah. that you're like, oh, when I was reading the book, I thought this person was really annoying, sure. and now they're... The reason I watch the show because yeah. when they're on screen, it's so much fun. Totally. Or I mean, I think, I think that one thing about 
watching this come to fruition is is accepting that this is this is going to be a different thing,、mm-hmm. right? And the more we see these pieces fall into place, the more I think we can we can become excited、mm-hmm. that it's happening. But we need to recognize that, like, this isn't going to be necessarily the thing that we had envisioned in our minds. I'm happy with that. Yeah, which I think is very exciting. Yeah, it's great. Like, I think it's. I love surprises. It's opportunity to fall in love,、mm-hmm. like, all over all, again. Oh, you know, for for different reasons, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. I didn't see.、Um, I I couldn't find any negative comments. It seemed like all the comments were really positive, at least on Twitter. I know we're not on Facebook yet. If Facebook、uh, seems to be the hell site for all the horrible criticism. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't like this casting, please let us know why. Okay, cool. Unless it's racist, then keep it to yourself. That's true. Yeah, that too. So for this week's TV predictions, we're looking at episode four, "The Dragon Reborn," written by your friend Dave Hill. Dave Hill. And get masked. Dave get Hill, masked BDSM Dave. enthusiast. Dave Hill. <laughs> yeah, BDSM enthusiast. Enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> So when Rafe tweeted the、uh, the cover of this script,、um, you know it said "The Dragon Reborn" by Dave Hill, and a lot of people freaked out because it's episode four, and obviously we don't, you know,、uh, know that Rand is the Dragon Reborn、mm-hmm. in book one. Really, we know that he can channel by the end of book one,、sure. and then in the beginning of the Great Hunt, once once the Amarlin. Is in Faldera. She tells him, right. And so that's the beginning of book two. And a lot of people think that season one will just be Eye of the World. Some people think it'll be both. We think that it'll be Eye of the World and the beginning of the Great Hunt. Yeah, I think. I mean, my thoughts on the episode title is not so much that they're proclaiming Rand as the Dragon Reborn because you、mm-hmm. can't, as a reader, you can't proclaim. You can't read someone be proclaimed this thing and not understand what that thing is.、Mm-hmm. So I think this episode is named as such in terms of explaining what that means. Do you think this will be like the beginning of the Eye of the World when it's like the flashback? Oh no no no! no. I, think be that. I think it'll be more of like explaining like the Corinthian cycle, explaining like the prophecies and what、mm-hmm. that is and what this what the, what it means to be the Dragon Reborn and why people are afraid of that name、mm-hmm. in terms of like the lore of the world.、Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's named. That. You, do you think maybe it's about Logan? Or like he plays an important role in it because I was thinking I was potentially、yeah. I mean maybe that,、yeah. that maybe that's the lens through which they explain this information.、Mm-hmm. Maybe like、yeah. they introduce Logain as a as a false dragon and then well what what is a false dragon what does、right. that mean what is all that you know what I mean you have to unpack all that. Well, also I could see them like intercutting between like Logain plotline and Tom or another character explaining the Corathian cycle. Sure. In the books, it happens after they arrive in Barillon. Tom says the Corathian cycle. Rand blinked. The prophecies of the dragon. Nobody tells those stories in the Two Rivers. Not in Aemon's Field, anyway. The wisdom would skin them alive if they did. I suppose she would at that. Tom said dryly. He glanced at Moraine up ahead with Lan. Saw she could not overhear and went on. One of the prophecies says that the Stone of Terror will never fall until the people of the dragon come to the stone. Another says the stone will never fall till the sword that cannot be touched is wielded by the dragon's hand. Tom grimaced. The fall of the stone will be one of the major proofs that the dragon has been reborn. May the stone stand till I am dust. So that's the first <coughs> I think we ever hear of the dragon reborn is when they arrive in Barillon. Rand has like a one million sort of like little kid questions like, well, how you know like. 
why can't you touch it? Why? How can why? You be like, why? It's not. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, is the prophecy made not to be fulfilled just to like convince us that the dragon will never be reborn? And Tom's like, I don't, I don't know. Okay, like, stop. <laughs> it's a prophecy. Yeah. But anyway, I, yeah. Do you think they'll introduce Loghain more in this episode? Because in the book, in Eye of the World, we don't really see Loghain except for being carried through Camelot in a cage. Right. Yeah, we hear about him. Yeah, yeah that's that's literally it. It's well, surrounded by Red Aja. I mean, Rafe did say that he plans to give. Looking at a larger role in the series, mm-hmm. just oh. gonna say in this season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. So I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to those questions. I think that that ties into uh, the question of we kind of discussed how they would layer in the other plot lines and the other mm-hmm. things that are happening and simultaneously in other mm-hmm. in other uh, lands. So that's kind of almost information we can't even speculate on. I feel like if they want to expand his role, I don't know, personally, I'd want to see more of his journey so that I care. Because if I just see him after he's gentled, right. then sure. I'm not you don't care. I'm not like as invested. But if I see him and I get like a point of view, if I get his point of view in season one, like even when he's either when he's being taken by the Red Aja or when he's being carried through the streets of Camelin. I think it will be a really powerful scene from his point of view, almost like Cersei walking through the streets with the shame bells, mm-hmm. you sure. know, because people are like throwing shit at him. People have come from far and wide just to like scorn him and like abuse him as just to, like get a sight of him. So I feel like it would be. It could be interesting yeah. if he's introduced as like a POV character in that in that respect. And that'll tell us what to think of him because if we get a point of view character, then we're or a point of view, then we're already more sympathetic than sure. if it just see him yeah. from afar. I think that since we know that Dave Hill's writing this one, I'm expecting there to be extended sequences with him in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with some sort of leather mask yeah. on, yeah. like a little muzzle. Logan in a cage. A just false like, dragon muzzle. Wearing Balthamel's mask, yeah. Yeah. Just like a leather suit. <laughs> That's shaped like a dragon. To be like... <laughs> People just throwing feces at him <laughs> in the street. That's what the episode's about. Anyway, so we were talking about costumes before, and right before Rand goes to meet with the Amarlin, it, there's a really cute scene where Lan comes in and like helps him get dressed. I love that scene. And, yeah, you want to read it? I love that scene. It's really, um, yeah, it's really, it's really touching. You know, people say that Lan doesn't have a character, or he's too like. But he does have a character. He's just stoic. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not an uninteresting person to me. Or there's like a part in the first book where it's revealed that he actually like knows poetry. He like quotes some poetry or something. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't talk much. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have a character. I agree too. And I think people associate that almost like with sort of the syndrome Perrin has of like, oh, I'm a big strong guy, so people think I'm like stupid or simple. And Land's a big strong guy who's also very <clears throat> quiet and just obviously projects being a lot tougher than Perrin does currently. But, I, yeah, I think he is a, a very complex character, and he just is very... In, yeah. He's just extremely insular. I think he's he's a very introverted character, but I if... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we ever get him as a perspective. No. Right. So I think that's yeah. part of the reason why mm. people see him in that way as, like, not a... Not yeah, very you're right. Maybe, is like we don't really get inside of his head. We, the whole time we're looking at him from other, <laughs> other people's, people's eyes. eyes. 
Yeah. But he's kind of like a person that is really quiet that you don't know. Like, I feel like you get to know him better throughout mm. the book because he really doesn't, he really doesn't say much in like the first mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. two thirds of Eye of the World. Yeah. Actually, Craig, New Spring, we get some of that, but that's about, that's it. All right. So let me read this part. No one refuses an audience with the Amaran seat, Sheep Herder. Not the Lord Captain Commander of the White Cloaks himself. Pedro Niel might spend the trip planning how to kill her if he could do it and get away, but he would come. He turned around with one of the high collared coats in his hands and held it up. This one will do. Tangled, long thorn briars climbed each red sleeve in a thick gold-embroidered line and ran around each cuff. Gold herons stood on the collars, which were edged with gold. The color is right, too. He seemed to be amused at something, or satisfied. Come on, sheepherder. Change your shirt. Move. Reluctantly, Rand pulled the coarse wool workman shirt over his head. I'll feel like a fool, he muttered. A silk shirt? I never wore silk in my life. And I never wore so fancy a coat either, even on a feast day. That whole scene where he's kind of giving him, he's kind of coaching him. And yeah. Like, it's almost, it's almost like a, like an avuncular scene where he's mm-hmm. like, he's like teaching him how to like, quote unquote, be a man, you know, in this, in this situation or how to like, yeah. the deportment of like the situation, you know? Yeah. Which is nice. It is really nice, you know, right before Rand meets with the Amarillin, the Amerlin Shuan is asking Moraine, like, you know, like, what has Lan done to this one? You know, like, he seems to have taken an interest in him. Mm-hmm. And Moraine says, you know, no more than the other's mother. He's spent a bit more time with this one because he uh, carries a sword. Mm-hmm. But so that's like Moraine, you know, being honest, but not, but sort of bending the truth because Lan is taking a special interest in him. Right. And some people have speculated that's because... Nave cares about Rand so much. But I think it's because Lan is, you know, the uncrowned king of Malkier. Mm-hmm. And he sees Rand, you know, having no choice in his sort of, like, yeah. path either. And he's trying to, you know, prepare him. Yeah. You know, he says, like, whatever you face, like, face it on your feet. And he's just teaching Rand how to be a man. Yeah, I think so, too. It's almost similar to the relationship or the feelings that Tom has for, mm-hmm. for Rand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I think that I'm trying to say this without giving away too much, but like L- Lan is the way that Lan feels about Rand mm-hmm. is very important, and I think it remains very important through the course of the books because mm-hmm. he has a very specific feeling toward him that no one else has. I think um, that he maintains, um, which sexual. I appreciate. It's a very like sexual. Just kidding. It's sympathetic. It's a hot. Empathetic. It's, it's an the empathetic. The more you try not to do spoilers. I mean, it's, it's an like, it's it's empathetic, mm-hmm. but it's he doesn't think any worse or better of him right yeah he doesn't judge him. he doesn't judge him he's just like you he's, are who you he has are. compassion yeah. for him and i do think like as much as people try to say oh it's because nanave cares about him and obviously he has his own personal reasons but also lan has dedicated you know the past like 18 years of his life to moraine yeah. and rand pretty much is moraine's mission so i think some of that is also ingrained within him beyond sure. his own personal reasons yeah he's, yeah he's probably he's definitely swallowed a little kool-aid yeah I thought that was telling of Lan as a character is when in the end of the first book they find out that Rand can channel and of everyone, Lan just sort of treats him like he always did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Where, you know, he, even his old friends, well, like Perrin and Matt don't know yet, but like Nenev and Egwene are kind of like, they're weirded mm-hmm. out by it. I think yeah, more, yeah. No so. one's really nice about it. Yeah. And Lan just, yeah, you're right. I wanted to close with this final scene. So this is the scene during uh, the beginning of The Great Hunt where we first see uh, Rand named 
uh, as the dragon is born. Rand says, I will ride with Ingtar, mother. The Emerlin seed nodded absently. Now that that is dealt with, we can move on to important matters. I know you can channel, boy. What do you know? As Tamit taught him long ago, he formed a single flame in his mind and fed his fears into it, seeking emptiness, the stillness of the void. The flame seemed to grow until it enveloped everything, until it was too large to contain or imagine any longer. With that, it was gone, leaving in its place a sense of peace. At its edges, emotions still flickered, fear and anger like black blotches, but the void held. Thoughts skimmed across its surface like pebbles across ice. The Aes Sedai's attention was only off him for a moment, but when they turned back, his face was calm. Why are you talking to me like this, mother? he asked. You should be gentling me. The Amaranth seed frowned and turned to Moraine. Did Lan teach him this? No, mother. He had it from Tamal Thor. Why? Rand demanded again. The Amaranth seed looked at him straight in the eye and said, Because you are the dragon reborn. The void rocked. The world rocked. Everything seemed to spin around him. He concentrated on nothing, and the emptiness returned. The world steadied. The dragon reborn. You are the dragon reborn. And then he threw up on the Amberlin's shoes. It's going to be a trope, a hilarious trope throughout the whole, mm-hmm. the whole series. Baron's got like a hard on scribbling in her notebook. Like, this is the <laughs> best shit ever. This is totally what I signed up for. <laughs> little brown Aja. So don't think that will be happening in episode four. Yeah, I really hope that doesn't happen in episode four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they'll just start learning about the prophecies. I think that they're going to need to foreshadow the prophecies more heavily in Eye of the World and give us a bit more yeah. backstory yeah. quicker than you learn it in the books. I think it's, you know? I think it's called The Dragon War because it's going to be basically a world-building mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, you've gotten, you've gotten to know the characters by then. You got to know, like, the general situation. It's like, okay, let's give you, let's open up this world a little bit more and mm-hmm. tell you, like, why all this shit matters and why these people are freaked out about this yeah. stuff, you know? I hope you're right. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to approach the whole thing unless they're on a very accelerated timeline. Yeah. I mean, we know it's going to be different, but I hope they don't give give away that much that early. I'm prepared for, you know, like, the story structure to change in that, you know, we need to hit all these beats. Like, they need to learn about the Corathian cycle, right? But it doesn't have to happen at the gate at Barillon. It can, you know, that could yeah. happen anywhere, anywhere at any yeah. point along their journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, First 180 pages of a horseback ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they horseback ride forever, you guys. I know, they do. That's they can't what, take that's cars. What else are they going to do? <laughs> they have the way gates and portal stones, as we learned early in the Great Hunt. This reminds me I'm excited to see how they do the Black Wind. Yeah, yes. it's going to be cool. I mean, I want to see everything in the way gates. But I'm I want to see how that. they differentiate Mashin Shin and Mashadar. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like they are very different, personally. What is Mash and Shin? Mash and Shin is the Black Wind. Mashadar, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, Mashadar yeah. is the miasma that's in our Aerodon. Yeah. Ah, okay, right, right. Mash and Shin is cool because it, it talks dirty to you. It's like, oh, the sweet flesh. Yeah. The flesh you just sound like a Skeksy all the time flesh. now. Speaking of, there's a, there's a Twitter account. There's a Twitter account called Bitchy Black Wind, which is fucking hilarious. Where someone is like in character, like the Black Wind, like bitching at other in character people. Which that's amazing. So Kulad had, like, called it out and was like, hey, bitchy Shen, you're so thirsty, not even a shido would break water off the bed you. Whoa. <laughs> Jade, Jade, Jade. And then bitchy Machin Shen said, 
Shido, Shido ho, ho ass gangs, who would bet, who would never bet anyway? Wouldn't bet it's hard either. Or any clan, dry, crusty ass sluts, 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 dirty sluts, bitch. <laughs> That's what our uh, episode title should that, uh, be. That might be why I got banned. Oh my god, Andrew, yeah. that should be your Jordan Con costume. Yeah. You should be a the black slut? wind. You should be the uh, black wind. I'd rather just, be a dirty slut. And just eat like ASMR talk dirty to You should be a crusty ass dirty slut. Crusty ass dirty slut. <laughs> pretty funny though. It was pretty funny. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can learn more about us at ranlandtv.com and follow us in social.